No pot in the house. Yeah. I'm serious this time. You guys done what getting high? Him and his dad are getting high on pot brownies at the high school football stadium. Like I was like, this is my dream life right here. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. We appreciate your help going on the podcast. Go and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsourverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes, sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive content updates. You can also pick up some merchandise and interact with us. We appreciate your help. Sorry, the question we always ask is if you ever find yourself wondering if you spend the time, money, or both on a movie help with that question each we can put a movie on trial discuss the facts pass judgment and let you know our verdict today we're reviewing the family stone it was released december 16th 2005 it's written and directed by thomas bazucha it stars diane keaton sarah jessica parker rachel mcadams claire danes dermot maroney craig t nelson luke wilson tyrone giordano brian white elizabeth reeser and paul schneider an uptight conservative businesswoman accompanies her boyfriend to his eccentric and outgoing family's annual christmas celebration finds that she's a fish out of water in their free-spirited way of life. If you haven't seen this movie, now it's time to pause the podcast. Go watch a movie, come back, pick up where you left off. Uh, if oh you have, okay. That's what happened in the first, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so we're about to spoil the shit out of thing. Let's talk about this movie. Very interested. I'm just going to open it up to you guys. Like, I feel like I'm going to end up slightly defending this movie. Yeah, so. Ian, it's tradition for the person who hated the movie the most to start... <laughs> So why don't you kick it off? Tradition, tradition. So, I don't know. Maybe I was just not in a Christmassy mood or something. But I just felt like it was this play to make awkwardness funny. And that only worked so long for me. But it was just like event after event of Sarah Jessica Parker being super awkward, the family not interacting well, and me sitting there going like, this is uncomfortable. And then it doesn't get funny. I feel like it's a huge setup movie where you have to go through all these super uncomfortable, awkward situations. And then at the end, you start to get some payoff and like laughs when everything kind of goes crazy and all that stuff. I don't feel as passionate about it as Javier does about love actually, but I definitely didn't care for this movie that much because I was just like uncomfortable for a good half. And I don't watch Christmas movies to be uncomfortable. I watch them for the joy and the Christmas spirit and the togetherness, which it had some of that at the end. So, but that's, I just felt like it was watching awkward family home videos. Yeah. This is a hard comparison for Love Actually because I'm the same way. I'm like, I hate Love Actually, but this movie, like, I don't feel as strongly about. I just don't feel like it's a Christmas movie either. And oh, some of the actors and actresses are great, though. I had to give credit. Yeah. Like, I love it's Rachel really Adams well. and Claire Danes. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're right. It's like this is almost a Hallmark movie for me. Where it's like how dare you. <laughs> I don't mean that insultingly. <laughs> I just mean that about how ridiculous these love stories are and how they would never, never pan out this way in real life. So and how I, well they work out. Like the brother. Yeah likes the uptight gal and my sister likes the Everett guy. And and Everett basically just assaults the sister, like every scene. (laughs) She's like, she says no to him, like every scene that they're in together and he ignores her. 
So, he's you know, persistent. Look, and oh, and is so, that what we're calling it now? Persistence? He's okay. not like touching her. Yes. She no. forces a ring on her finger after she says no multiple times. I mean, he does do that, but we call that assault. You're not yes. Wrong. When a woman says no and you continue doing the thing that she said no to, and he does it again at the, like the bus station where she's like, I'm leaving. And he like grabs her. He's like, you can't leave. I'm like, geez, this is. Can you odd. imagine though being this gal that comes up because your sister's having this horrible time meeting this family of this, what should be very soon fiance. And all of a sudden that potential fiance starts hitting on you. Like, I don't get wow. how you make the jump. While you're looking for your sister. Because there was a huge yeah. emotional outbreak and she left. Yeah. Like, that's a big jump for me. That she that's be like, oh, yeah, this is, the, this is the kind of guy that's going to stay stay with me. <laughs> I mean, okay, look. Yeah. Yes. Their relationship, the like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to defend. <laughs> because what I'm going to say is in the, the fact that they have to play out an entire set of relationship things changing and, and rotating in a two-hour period. Like, obviously, it's going to be an extreme measure. But for me to sit and say that someone takes a girlfriend or a partner to a family outing, meet some or to an outing, a party somewhere different, and then meet someone else that they get along with and have more in common with and actually relates to in a lot of ways more than they do their current, to say that that's not real, that's that shit happens all the time, in my opinion. I say it's not I real it's very uncomfortable and awkward in this because it's happening in a very truncated space of time and in a very unbelievable fashion. However, for me, like that part doesn't, to me, that's like the MacGuffin that gets everybody together is the fact that these two people. And for me, this is why I love this movie as a Christmas story is the actual story itself. Was of a, and it's probably because, and I admit that it's probably because I relate a lot to the awkwardness of this family like when I was dating, I was terrified to bring dates or people that I was dating to my family functions. Not because my family's terrible. I love my family. You guys have met my parents, my aunts and uncles, like all of those people are great people, but man, we are difficult. Like we are not like you walk in and go, Oh shit. What did I get myself into? Right? So like for me, I watched this family dynamic and completely get lost in. I can relate 100% to this. The love yeah. story is extreme, but like the base and core story of the actual family, the interactions of like someone blowing up over a cup of coffee because there's something so much deeper going on that we're not wanting to talk about. Like that shit to me is so relatable. And I, so for me, that's why I love, cause this movie just like makes me feel shit because I'm like, yeah, I can see my family doing similar shit to this. I get that. I, can I see made that. the mistake my freshman year of college bringing my girlfriend home for Thanksgiving. So it was only like a couple of days. It was an awful, terrible idea. She, <laughs> on the way down, we figured out she had like kidney stones or whatever. So mm. she basically spent oh, several days like huddled in a corner in like our living room, basically. <laughs> she tried not to die and Yikes. my family went crazy. Like she's not even trying to like interact with the family or whatever. I was like, well, you know, she's dying. Anyway, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And what's yeah. funny is when Sir, Sir Jessica Parker was just being weird, like when they first meet, I didn't know whose side I was on. I was like, because I was like, look, Meredith, you have to try, yeah. right? Like, you know, you're a weirdo. So you have to try 
to not be that way and get along with his family. And then the other side, I'm like, look, family, she's nervous. There's a ton of you and you guys are abrasive as hell. You guys have to try. (laughs) Well, she's already had a shitty interaction with Rachel McAdams character, like on her own. So now you have to go, I'm going into a whole den of wolves just like her. Exactly. Yeah. Well, not to mention like the underlying understanding that you don't know at first, but you find out very quickly is that their relationship is doomed to fail because he's in it because his mom's dying and she's in it because she's weird enough that she thinks this is the best she's going to get. And so she's created this world of here's what I want. And he fits that mold. So they're together out of convenience. And that becomes a very apparent when they get around the family who's not willing to sugarcoat the problems that they see with this relationship, which is again, one of those things where you're just like, man, that is such a family thing to see. So that for me, like, yeah, their core story is what brings everybody together, but it's the rest of the relationships that I really, and to me, and this one, this year it was obviously it hit way too close to home watching this movie. I didn't think about it until we started it. I was like, fuck. Cause watching the mom who you find out later on in the movie is sick, having a moment with each of her kids. Like I was like, this is to me like interesting to watch and to see like that interaction of the different kids and the different relationships that each of them has with her. So that, yeah, at its core, like that for me is the real movie of these, this family crisis surrounded by ridiculously uncomfortable, awkward comedy that to me is like such a family dynamic because I think all of us have that awkward yeah. piece in our in our families for sure. And if there's anything that I think was redeeming about it, it was the family interactions with each other. Because those did feel kind of closer and, and more relatable. And I mean, you kind of have these different siblings that are all kind of in these like stereotypical roles, but they come together as a family. And so yeah, that I will agree. That was a a good aspect of this movie and, and makes it a little bit better. I'm glad those are your favorite parts because the rest of the parts are just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like Everett brings his girlfriend home and his brother immediately starts hitting on her. Oh yeah. I'm like, that's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was really close to the uh, Kira Knightley love story <laughs> we just talked about. <laughs> Except the other, the brother's way more aggressive. <laughs> See, when I, and and I look at it like very different because like the Kira Knightley thing is a best friend. And I'm like that to me, the dynamics a little different. Like you say that Javier, like my cousin and I growing up were really close, even though we live very far apart. But when I moved out here to Utah, like he was, we were best friends. Like we were attached to the hip, always doing stuff. And he would bring girls and I lived with them for a while because my parents were trying to get everything situated to come out. So for like a few months before school started, like he would bring girls home and I would absolutely flirt with them. Like as soon as they walked in the door and vice versa. So like, for me, it was like really hilarious to watch that. Now, obviously as adults, I can't say that we probably still would do that shit, but it's, yeah. So for me, like, I think it's different because the relationships different. like, like as a best friend, like I would punch my best friend in the face for doing the shit that he did, like with Kira Knightley. But like I bring home and like a brother or something like that, that I'm really close to. And especially in a situation where at the end of the day, he's not really interested in being with this woman. Like that's the interesting part for me is he probably wouldn't have let that go. Like if the roles were reversed and he had met the sister, Claire Danes, character, 
and spent all this time with her and brought her home and the brother starts flirting, he probably would have been a real fist fight breakout. Right. But at the end of the day, he thinks that they slept together for a minute and all they do is a slap fight under the table. Like, <laughs> so how much connection do you really have at that point? But for me, that comedy level is of just these weird, uncomfortable shit. Like this movie, I laugh from start to finish. Like, and especially at Luke Wilson's character, dude's fucking great in this. No movie. pot in the house. Yeah, I'm serious this time. <laughs> you guys done when getting he, high? Him and his dad are getting high on pot brownies at the high school football stadium. Like I was like, this is my dream life right here. The only relationship that I was interested in was Amy and Brad. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Brad popped Amy's popped cherry. cherry. Yeah. 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 And even to the mom, that's my, oh, Brad Pot, just casually in a conversation with this woman. Why? I'm sorry. Is that not accurate? (laughs) (laughs) Even better when uh, Sarah Jessica Parker finds him at the bar. Oh, you're Brad? The Brad? (laughs) The Brad? You should come over tomorrow. (laughs) She's just like, uh, I know you. We should talk about that guy that the ambulance that Amy's making out with. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, go Brad. Yeah. <laughs> like that whole dynamic of Amy and Meredith, like that shit was hilarious. The two, like where she's ripping on her before she gets her, she does this throat thing. And what added another level of comedy is that they're all signing at the same time because of the deaf brother. So they're signing all this shit talking at the same time that they're doing it. And I was just like the added hint like of the the sign language with the shit talking just made me giggle. Dude, okay. Since we're on the topic of here's an awkward throat clear for you. <laughs> okay. Um, the dinner scene uh-huh. where oh my gosh. So I yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you after. I was actually it, it <laughs> this is how proud I am of myself, actually, real quick. So when Claire Dane's character, Julie, the, the sister, was asking the brother and his husband, they were planning on adopting or whatever. And she turns to him and she's like, oh, do you have a preference of what the baby's race is? And I was like, what a weird thing to ask. What? And my immediate thought went to, because one's black and one's white. <clears throat> so it's like, are you hoping one comes out white or black? And I was like, that is so... Un- oh, they're gay. They keep, they're adopting. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not sure if i'm proud of myself for being you know not a bigot or disappointed that i don't understand basic biology but <laughs> anyway that's where the awkwardness in that that scene started for me <laughs> so that scene like i always need to go get a drink or like <laughs> some food because that scene makes yeah. me so uncomfortable and i think to me that's a credit to the writers and how this movie was filmed because those conversations happen all the time. They've happened at my family's dinner table. I mean, not to that extreme, but like my little grandmother rest her soul was as racist as they come and not like outwardly, like really, she was very systemically racist. Like she would say shit that I'm like, Oh my God, are you serious right now? And that's just, that's the racism thing. And then you get into the, homophobia that happens at the table even though it's not like i think it's that's a hard extreme to characterize what she was to her conversation she wasn't being homophobic homophobia. she has a good point her yes. point was no parent wants their kid to be different because different is difficult yes 
right? That was the point she was trying to make. She just did it really, really poorly. And no one, shit. Yeah. no one was giving her any slack. Yeah. But a conversation that was technically the same thing, but delivered really well coming from Claire Dane's character about the race of the baby, as opposed to the sexuality of the child. Those two things was the same conversation, just delivered right. differently. They gave her all the credit in the world mm-hmm. and were making jokes. Like Luke Wilson was like, I already have a black baby. You know what I mean? Like, so like <laughs> they, they make these jokes and it, so it's really interesting, like that play on how something comes across very bad, even though the intention is the same. So I really like that because I say that it, it's a homophobic conversation, but it's not, she had no problem with the sexuality of anyone at the table or the race or anything like that. But it was, the delivery was so terrible that that's she kept going. Here. Yeah. That's, and th- yeah. So yeah. Like lost it. just stop. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. This is like my nightmare of why I don't ask hard questions because I feel like it's going to come out like this. And we didn't talk about it in um, King Richard, but there's that situation where they sit down with those two agents after the juniors tournaments. Yeah. And like, like not even intent. Like that's what I worry about so much is wanting to find understanding, but asking it in a way that it's offensive or it starts snowballing out of my control and so a lot of times like i just don't ask because i'm that nervous about handing myself in this See, situation the key that... it's just just to be offensive constantly <laughs> so that when you do accidentally say something offensive people are like oh that's just just the end that's just the way javier is no <laughs> <laughs> uh, javier's tack See, when you it. offend everyone really you offend no one <laughs> It's true. Just no, the trick is to get all of them at the same time. Yeah. You still offend them. You just don't surprise them. <laughs> <laughs> There's a huge difference between being offended and being surprised by the fact that someone's offending you. See, that's the only that's people don't mind being offended. You just can't surprise them with it. Exactly. That's, that's when you get that outlashing, right? The expectation of being offended has to be there. Yeah. And then there's no problems. Yeah. yeah. And there's, yeah. Then there's a lack of surprise by it. And then it's just like, well, that's just the end. It's just like old white ladies in our family that are very, very racist. Yeah, by, like, you know, that's we're grandma. like, that's just grandma. Because we do. I don't know if I can be that, Ian. I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know that you have that one. <laughs> I, don't I don't think you do either. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker in our podcast, and you're the other sister. <laughs> you Rachel can say what you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll be Rachel McAdams. And I'm Craig T. Nelson trying to fucking wrangle you bastards up while I'm getting high with my other kid. <laughs> Every once in a while, JJ's like, enough! And he hits yeah. the table. Exactly. <laughs> and then he apologizes. <laughs> I love it. I told Casey when the other night when we were watching this that Craig T. Nelson's probably my favorite character in this movie because he is that, like overarching trying to make the peace with everyone and you know keep that but then when he does lose it everybody kind of goes oh shit right and that ends the conversation and moves things on but i did love like the part that i laugh at the most uncomfortably and i go "Mm, it's hard for me to buy even though i've seen it versions of it is the fact that dermot maroney's character like the main older brother ever like Everett, yeah, the fact that Everett can like 
completely control everything, all his siblings around him. Like, and he gets pissed and everybody gets like scared for a minute, except Luke Wilson, who's just sitting there drinking coffee the whole time. He's freaking out. Like that whole thing. Like, I'm like, man, I couldn't imagine. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm the older brother. I'm the oldest in my family, but it was just me and my sister. But I never had that kind of control over my, like, fuck if I ever like, that's enough. Like my sister just laugh in my face. Right. And be like, <laughs> fuck you. I'm going to do it worse now that you've, busted my ass about it but everett's character to me is the least likable in this oh, whole for movie. sure yeah i just don't like stories like that where the main character i'm not rooting for yeah the only time he's likable is at the end when he looks like a fucking bum walking back from the bus with his hood up like dude he looked like a serial killer <laughs> he was kind of acting like one too it is like shit eating grin on his face with like this cut down, like his cheek. He's got his hood on like. Yeah. But yeah. I did love. So like one thing about this movie and it's true. So like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen crazy, stupid love with, like Ryan, with Ryan Gosling. And uh, I can't remember the other Steve Carell. And uh... yeah, Steve Carell. And there's a moment in that movie where kind of like this one, where like everything comes to a head and like, there's this big, chaotic moment like the christmas like they're opening presents he's getting like she thinks he's going to propose and he doesn't she says i can't marry you then it comes out that she thinks he's she slept with luke wilson's character so like everybody goes in full chaos mode and like she goes in the kitchen the shit gets dumped on her they're all falling over the casserole shit they're running around the house slapping the shit out of each other and the dad's trying to stop them and everybody else is just kind of sitting there going what the fuck is happening right now like those moments in movies are like some of my favorite moments, just the pure chaos and hilarity of random shit happening. So like, that's my favorite part of this movie is when it gets to that point that they've reached the tip of the volcano and the lava starts flowing over. Like all that payoff to me is, is fantastic in this movie. <laughs> she was disappointed that, I didn't she found out that her and Ben didn't sleep together. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nobody loves me. <laughs> I was like, geez. <laughs> well, and then Ben, like, Ben has some of the best lines. Like, don't forget to bring that mug back. That's Sybil's ferret. She'll kill you. <laughs> Just, he's so nonchalant. This whole movie. You have a freak flag. You just don't fly it. <laughs> right. You fly freak flag. I was like, wow, she's likable when she's drunk. So yeah. make an alcoholic out yeah. of her because she's Hell unbearable yeah. as a oh. human. Yeah. Terrible. Who calls their sister to come hang out? Cause you're in a shitty like situation. Who drives their car into multiple trees on the way out of the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> like Ben's just like, I got this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go talk to her. Well, it's like, Everett's character is just sitting there going, well, she just wrecked my car twice. <laughs> and he doesn't actually go to get up at all. He's just like, what the hell is happening I think right that, now? It's one of like, if I don't see it, it didn't happen kind of moments for him. <laughs> it's like, if I don't go look, it won't have happened. That could be fair. That whole thing. And I love too, like when they're laying it, he's like, you should go change your clothes. Get out of these clothes. Smell a little like puke. <laughs> that part was so weird to me too, because it's like there was this whole issue about them sleeping together. And she goes and sees him in his room and he's like, You should take off those clothes. And she's like, Hell yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> we just got out of this problem. 
somebody loves me. Jeez. Well, and I love because it happened after this conversation. They were like, and I love in front of the whole family laying under the table. You don't love her, man. Like in front of everybody. He's just, and I love that look of resignation on Everett's face where he's like, you're right. I don't, I'm just doing this because my mom wants to, I want to get married while my mom's still here. Like in that, to me, like that conversation between him and his mom, like where she says I'm sick and she gives him the ring. Finally, he basically without coming out and saying it is saying at that moment, I'm getting married because I want you there. Like, man, that's just, that's heartbreaking to me. Like that whole scene, like, I'm just like, damn, that's hard. But it's the kind of shit that'll come out at a fucking awkward ass Christmas family party though. I think another part of movies like this, it was like, I'm not super close with my family. So seeing movies where families are super close and like all the hijinks they get into, I'm like, this would never happen in my family. First of all, we're not this close. And second of all, if anything happened, it would switch to anger, right? Everyone would just be mad yeah. and that's it, right? <laughs> and it would just be an uncomfortable next couple of days. Right? So just like, fair. And then it makes me jealous when people do find it relatable. <laughs> that's fair. That's a good point. Different perspective I didn't yeah. think about because this is exactly what my fit. Yeah, like I just wish that I had a deaf gay brother that would make a fucking perfectly timed joke when the fiance is like, I slept with your brother. And he's all, who? Not and me. His brother's like, don't look at me. That's all bad. But I love Everett's reaction is the first thing to do is look at the gay brother. Like, why would you even look at him? <laughs> that's, a, that's a life of getting your, your sibling in trouble for what you've done. Like, that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I did love that line, too, like where Patrick his husband was like giving Rachel or Amy shit. And she goes, Patrick, I love you. And her brother's like, that took years. <laughs> <laughs> Amy doesn't like anyone. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. I love that movie. That, and it, for me, like that one, when I, like when we talk Christmas movies, like I bust your ass and I fucking laugh about, you know, love actually Love actually is borderline Christmas movie because it takes place during Christmas. This one to me, like when I think of Christmas movies, like this is what I think of because of the family aspect of it. Like Christmas to me, like I don't love Christmas in like Casey gives me shit because she's a Christmas fiend because her family is like her mom has one of the coolest and I bust chops too. But like you go to her mom and dad's house at Christmas time, like her mom, their house should be in like, better home and gardens for like the Christmas decorations that they have. Like it's insane how cool, like her dad built this big fucking iron thing that hangs above their kitchen table that has like, and he built it just for Christmas decorations specifically. Like, so like all these Santa Clauses and elves and like Holly and shit hanging down over the tree, over the table, really impressive shit. Like when they decorate, it's insane. So Casey has that bug. Like I got, three Christmas trees in my house right now and they're up, they go up and all of the ornaments mean something. Right. So everywhere we go on vacation, like we just went to Kentucky and Ohio for a vacation not that long ago. And we brought back Christmas ornaments, one for our tree and one for Tom and Kim's tree. And so like all of our ornaments, like there's normal ornaments that are just like there for filler because we don't have enough to fill the tree yet. But like the cool thing about Tom and Kim's tree, you go up to my in-laws house and, 
their Christmas tree is their life. Like they've collected ornaments from everywhere that they've gone and all the things that they've done. So like they'll look at an ornament on their tree and say, you know, this is from when we went to Spain and here's the things that we did while we were there and all this cool shit. So like, for me, that's what, like, I'm not a big Christmas guy because I don't give a shit. Presents are cool, whatever. Giving presents, that's fun for the kids. But like, to me, it's about spending time with family because that's what we always did. So that's why this movie to me is the epitome of a Christmas movie. And it could be any holiday because that's what we always did as, as a kid. So that's why when I see this and like, even through all the bullshit that they're going through, they still come together through all of it and they figure it out and they forgive each other and they go about their, their family lives. That's to me, like not to get too sentimental about the shit, but that's why this movie hits home for me so much, but I'll have to bring you guys up. And the next time you guys are up, I'll have to take you. If you come up, Oh, you guys are coming over for the Witcher, right? Yeah. It's coming up soon. Yeah. When you guys come up, remind me and I'll take you up to Tommy Kim's and introduce you to Casey's parents. I'll make sure. And then you can see the, even at a, a paired back decoration level, how fucking badass their place yeah. is. Like, it's crazy, dude. They, at one point we used to make a game out of like Casey would do a cookie social with her employees before the pandemic. And she'd bring them up to Tom and Kim's and they'd have cookies and hot chocolate and coffee. And there were so many Santa Claus statues throughout the house that it became a game. Whoever got the right number of Santa Clauses would get a prize. Oh, that's cool. Because there were just so many. That's like that's how serious Christmas is in, in Casey's family. So that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Should we rate this thing? Yeah, I was trying to I thought there was one more thing I wanted to bring up, but I can't remember it. So yeah, yeah I guess let's let's rate it then. All right. I'll go first again. Since it was mine, is it a perfect movie? Not even remotely. There's a lot of things that you're like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Or that's kind of an extreme situation where you know, with between relationships, but for me, and it, this all comes down to me and the enjoyment of like watching this dysfunctional family be completely functional in their own right. And I just enjoy that. It makes me smile. There's parts, like I said, that dinner scene I walk away from, cause that's how uncomfortable it makes me it's almost tough. every time I watch it because, yeah. and it's, it goes to what we talked about. I don't disagree with the sentiment and the conversation, but the way it's delivered is horrible and it comes across as offensive. And which is a good point in and of itself is to, you know, try to find the point of the conversation, which is why the dad ends up apologizing later on, but those feelings are real. And so then that's how families sometimes are when they get together in big groups like that. So I love this movie because of the way that it makes me feel and the sentimentality of the family and coming together. It's funny to me. There's great funny parts. Like the brother cracks me up. Like both the brothers are just great. It wasn't me that took years. And then like Ben's character just is killer to me. Like I had a dream about you as he's pushing his like waist in front of her with his pants half down out in the middle of the snow. I forgot about that. He's just like, I had a dream about you last night. (laughs) Like as he's giving her the coffee and like, Oh, I'm just like, this is so uncomfortably awkward and I love every moment of it. So I enjoy this movie to me. It's fun. I love that really, the core of the story behind it and the dynamic of the family, especially when it comes to the mom. And we didn't talk enough about her in my opinion, but Diane Keaton is a goddess. Like she is so good. Like at every scene with her kids and then with her husband, like so good at acting. The acting in this movie to me is just unfathomably good. So I'm going to give this movie a three and a half. 
it's not perfect, but for me, it's, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies to watch in the holiday season, just cause it's, there's a lot of feel good moments. And with, even with all its ridiculousness, it's really funny. So yeah, three and a half for me, Javier. Yeah. I, I can see why you like this movie. I can see why people would like it. The acting is really good. There was never a point in this movie where I was like, wow, that's like bad acting from anyone. <laughs> right? And they have big names. Sarah Jessica Parker, Diane Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Claire Danes. Like, honestly, I think the actresses carried this movie because oh, the actors sure. themselves were like were completely outclassed and outshined. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I don't relate to it the way JJ does, right? Like the family dynamic or like issues in the resolution. My family doesn't actually resolve anything. We just pretend it didn't happen. So... That's fair. <laughs> And then, like, the romantic part, I think it's just weird, right? Like, the the, the brothers, like, dating, tra- sister, like, they didn't even trade. It was basically, like, one brother just stole the other brother's girlfriend, and then that brother stole the ex-girlfriend's sister. Like, it was a weird <laughs> dynamic that I was not on board for, but it was at least entertaining, right? So I'm going to give this a two. Not a terrible movie. I get why people watch it. And if you're into those kind of like, don't take this the wrong way, JJ, but if you're into those kind of like hallmark movies, I mean, you'll like it. How dare you? <laughs> I, don't, I really don't mean for that to be offensive. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only offensive because Hallmark, I would, I'd like to go to their movie headquarters and burn it down because it's, it's fucking terrible. So when I mean, you say that, like, I'm like, Oh God, that's not what I mean. But I mean, just no, like know, the ridiculousness that is the love story. That's how, you know, yeah. like I always say to Casey, that's how, you know, an actor or an actress has fell out of favor in Hollywood. Cause they show up in Hallmark. Like you're just like, Oh, you fucked up. <laughs> I've, not, I've never seen someone go like fall down to, has that happened? Oh Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, when you think, especially, like, 90s kids, so, like, almost all of the 90210, like, used to be A-list, have oh, all yeah. only gotten paid from Hallmark recently. Like, you know, oh, in the last, like, 10 sucks. years. Yeah, so especially, like, famous, like, TV show actors, like, they, they were A-list because they were on TV shows. But they can't cut it. In yeah, movies. they can't cut it in films, so, like, they fucking go end up on Hallmark movies and shit <laughs> like that. Like, you just, like, that oh, sucks. God. Or like the movies that are like huge and it's just one movie, but the acting wasn't really good. It was just an entertaining movie. And then you like two years later, you'll see him in some shitty Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> it's like Lifetime, They're like normal Lifetime. Oh. There's a lot of pain on the Lifetime channel, but that comes from some really <laughs> shitty acting. Hallmark <laughs> and Lifetime, that shit's like same bar for me. <laughs> All right, Ian, yeah. tell us what you thought of the Family Stone. I feel like I kind of already did. So I'm just going to like copy and paste what I said before. (laughs) Like I can get, there were times that I was laughing in this movie, right? There, especially at the end when things kind of go chaotic, like that was funny to me. And would it have been as much of a payoff if I enjoyed the awkwardness a little more, like maybe it would have been, but yeah, I just couldn't relate to the the awkwardness and it just made me feel uncomfortable watching it. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. And I, I don't know, teach their own, teach their own. If it was the Christmas story, I'm sure JJ would be uncomfortable. So, but yeah, it was what it was. I, I can't think of additional comments to tack on that you guys haven't already mentioned. So I think I might just give this a, 
Oh man, it's Christmas. So do you want a drum mood? I'll give it. I'll give it the two. No, I just want you to tell me what the answer is. <laughs> I already, we both told you what the answer is. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll give it a two with the caveat that I think people could enjoy this. It just wasn't necessarily like my cup of tea. Fair enough. All right. Well, there's our Christmas movies. That was the family stone. Next week, we'll get back to a normal-ish schedule. Again, we're going to be on a couple-week delay. But after this, the next movie will be National Champions. So tune in for that one. And then, yeah, we'll be kicking off from there. So you can always find out what's next coming up next during the month by going to our website, whatsoverdict.com. You can also interact with us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at What's Our Verdict. We'd love to chat with you, hear from you, hear what you thought. Tell us what you think about Christmas movies and what's your favorite one. If you say Christmas story, you can no longer be a fan of ours or mine anyway. Not that you I can have definitely fans. be a fan. If you like good movies, you can be a fan. Fucking good movies. Yeah, apparently not because we watch so many bad movies according to our ratings. <laughs> So with that, let's. Uh, I, I noticed that the other day. I was like, "Oh God, we shit on some." Dude, movies we so that's only do years. now. We just <laughs> absolutely shit on movies now. Yeah, it's it's rare that like I was yeah because we last week was scored so high that I was like, "Wow, okay, it's been a while since we've done that." I guess if you're listening to this, it was like three weeks ago when we oh. did Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters oh, was awesome. Ghostbusters was awesome. amazing. That was good. So, if they changed the time of year, it could have been a Christmas movie, but instead <laughs> they did it so <laughs> Or a Thanksgiving movie, which exactly. it was. <laughs> exactly. Or a Fourth of July movie. Yeah. And the States were yeah. killing it. All right. With that, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye now. Cinemagic out.